In this episode, we're doing it. We're counting down my top 10 favorite albums of 2022, plus some honorable mentions and other stuff like that, but I'm hoping to keep that stuff to a minimum and go through it kind of quick. Let's see how bad I fail. I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. My golly, checkmates, it is your old Uncle Derek coming to you on an unseasonably warm day here in St. Louis, Missouri, which followed incredibly cold days. The week leading up to Christmas, we were in the negative degrees here in St. Louis. That's the first time that's happened in quite some time. Uh, I think everybody in St. Louis from the Thursday before Christmas up through yesterday, which would be Tuesday as I'm recording this, I think we, uh, I think we all had at least one sink in our house uh, dripping, just on purpose, dripping a little bit of water so that our pipes wouldn't freeze. I think the entire Midwest probably was like that. And today it got up to about 60 degrees. So go figure, you know, if you haven't been sick yet and you live in the Midwest, the weather will get you. Uh, that's, that's just how it is. So uh, that's, that's what we're like, uh, that's what it's like here. I don't know. I don't know why I always feel the need to update you on the weather. That's, uh, that doesn't matter to you, probably. But that's uh, just a little flavor, a little, little backdrop of what I'm dealing with. Uh, we are going to do a, one of my favorite kinds of episodes outside of the Fab 15 here on the show this week. Uh, we're, doing, we're counting down my top 10 favorite albums of 2022. I love doing that kind of stuff. I love making lists so much that it led to us, my brother coming in and us regularly making lists together. Like, making separate lists and then making one list. I love lists, and I've loved doing a top ten list for just about forever. I've always done it. I don't think that there's ever been a year that I haven't done it ever since I've had any kind of social media or blog. There will be a blog version of this going up on my personal blog over at uh, .wordpress.com. Uh Sometime probably almost immediately after you hear this <laughs> it's going to it's going to go up. Uh this is one of those weird ones where maybe even linking to the post that I'm going to put on the website and whatnot is going to give you spoilers on it. I'm not really sure. I haven't done that part of it yet, but like it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to figure out how to promote a thing that the entire the entire deal of it is contingent on you not knowing what number 1 is, you know? So like my apologies if this got spoiled for you anywhere in advance, but hopefully you'll still enjoy me talking about it. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a good one, I think. I'm going to enjoy doing this. I mentioned uh, websites, and I should probably tell you what those websites are. I'm supposed to get that done within the first uh, 10 minutes for metrics reasons. I've been told by people who, boy, just really sounded like they knew. So uh, the show itself has a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. Weeks like this, where they're the big lists, there's often a lot of uh, photos and stuff there. Not always so much on the Fab 15, but on my top 10, almost always. 
Uh, the show itself is hosted at Podbean at, uh, uh, wait, did I even tell you the blog address? There's a companion blog at emptychecking.blogspot.com. If I didn't say the blog address, this is not going well. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. It's available on all of the podcast apps, including the one that you're listening to it on now. If it's not on the one that you would prefer for it to be on, let me know. I probably just don't know that it's not there. Somebody changed their rules or something, and I need to jump through a hoop, and I will jump through it for you because I care. If you want to know more about me, and hey, who wouldn't, go on over to DerekBrink.com. Plenty of stuff to click on there, mostly about my music career. And speaking of my music career, if you like the music that you hear throughout the show, it's all available for absolutely free over at uh, DerekBrink.BandCamp.com. All you do is enter zero as your purchase price, and you can have it. I don't collect your email address. I won't even know that you took it. I would just love it if you loved it. And by the way, I occasionally get a question of, uh, is the theme to this show on there? Yes, it is. It's a single. It's called Bite the Habanero. You can download that over at DerekBrink.BandCamp.com. If you want to talk to me, if you want to email me with rebuttals or requests or whatever, you can do that at db, those are my initials, db at DerekBrink.com, and I reply to everybody who isn't mean to me in their email. So now that's, uh, now that's out of the way. I uh, want to apologize to you for a couple of things in advance in case it comes up. I think it's probably already maybe a little bit apparent. Uh, my voice is struggling a little bit right now. My voice has been struggling on and off since I had COVID back in January, to be honest with you. Um, something, about, uh, something about having COVID just messed up my throat for the long haul. Which, to be honest with you, as far as lingering symptoms go, I'm pretty lucky. But uh, that's, you know... It's still a bummer, because I'm a singer, and I do this, and sometimes it's, you know, my my throat just gets raspy easy, man. Uh, so I apologize if I start sounding, you know, rough by the end of this thing. The other thing I want to apologize for in advance, I don't know if it's going to come up or not, but uh, my cats, Jonko and McGuire, the two best boys in the world, have been raising hell here tonight. They have been knocking stuff over, running around, chasing each other. They are in a mood. I think the uh, weather changes are getting to them. So if you hear a whole bunch of cat fighting in the background, I'm going to try to edit that out if it happens. I'm going to try not to call it out if it happens. But if you hear it, uh, I'm aware, and they know what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> none, of us is, none of us is happy about it, I don't think. You know, Jonko doesn't like it when Maguire chases him and then sits on him. That's not fun for anybody. Uh, but it's, you know, if you hear any of that, my apologies. We've got a lot of ground to cover, but before we do, hey, Christmas has come and gone. For those of you who celebrate, I hope you had a merry one. Uh, the new year is gonna be here in just a couple of days. That doesn't ever mean a lot to me, but I know that it does to a lot of you. So I hope you have a good time celebrating that in any way that you do. And I hope that... You at least make it out of the weekend before breaking your resolutions, because, like, New Year's Eve is, is Saturday, and then Sunday is, is New Year's Day, and, like, some of you might it might be over your resolutions by the end of that night. And if you are, that's okay, but I know you don't make them with the intent of breaking them, so I, I hope you do all right with those. I uh, resolve nothing. I never resolve anything. I don't see the point. If I want to change something, I just change it. So that's, uh, you know, the year changing over is just a meaningless blip on the calendar it just you know i think we all kind of learned that when during the pandemic and nothing changed with the new year any year but you know anyway i hope you have a happy new year <laughs> between but you know between all of the occasions of me saying gloomy things i hope you <laughs> i hope you have a happy new year 
yeah, this has been a good year here at Empty Checking. I'll probably talk about that on the outro of the show, though. We've got a lot of ground to cover with just the stuff that we're going to cover. we got plenty of music to talk about, plenty of, plenty of fun stuff. We're going to talk about some stuff before we even get to the top ten. So, you know, we, we've got a segment or two. We've got this segment that we're in. Then we're going to do a segment of honorable mentions. And then we're going to do the top ten. And then we'll do an outro. That's the outline if anybody wants to, you know, kind of look in on that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're tracking it, I guess. I don't know how you would look in on my outline unless I posted like a picture of it on the blog, which again would spoil this list. So whatever. Uh, what the hell was I? Oh, okay. Uh, in this, uh, in this opening section, I just want to acknowledge a couple of things before I get into the list. Anything I say about any of the albums I talk about is just my preference. And sometimes I'm going to be overly critical of something in my honorable mention list, maybe, that I actually like, but it's it's just not my preference for what I wanted that album to be, you know? Or if I say that I flat out don't like something. Again, just a preference. It's not, I'm not trying to tell you what you should or shouldn't like. I'm telling you what I did or didn't like. So just bear that in mind. With lists like these, sometimes that can get a little bit... You know, that can be a little bit prickly. Uh, even even in the top ten. Obviously, these are the ten albums that I liked the most this year. I like all of these albums, but one being at number ten doesn't necessarily make it better or worse than being at number one. You know, it's just a preference of largely either how much I listened to it or how much I've gone back to it or just what it meant to me personally. It's It's all completely arbitrary. You can make whatever list you want to, and I would love to hear it. In fact, please email me your lists at dbaderekbrink.com. If you post them on uh, podcast apps in those comments, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see that. I don't, <laughs> I don't listen to the show on any podcast app. I record it here and then forget about it forever. So if you want to talk to me about your top ten, or even just your top five, or just your top two, whatever, feel free to email me at db at derekbrink.com. That is the best way to get my attention. But uh, anything that I say about the stuff I liked or didn't like this year, just an opinion, and it, it's 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 fine. No one, no one needs to get upset about that. Even though some of you are going to get upset about that. No one needs to, you know? But uh, I just want to say that because I, I think I'm going to end up talking about one or two of our honorable mentions, or mostly honorable mentions, as I have it written down on the page here. And uh, I, I may end up saying some critical things, and I don't really, you know, I don't mean anything by it. It's just a preference. It's just an opinion, you know? And, like, I wouldn't have bought these albums if I didn't like the bands, you know, or artists or whatever. So just wanted to say all that, get all that out there. Uh, I want to acknowledge uh, that there are a couple of things that aren't on the list because I have not yet bought them. Uh, they were both on my Christmas list and just didn't just didn't happen for me. <laughs> like, I just didn't get them for Christmas. Both things I really wanted and nobody delivered, <laughs> which is fine. That's the risk you run with the Christmas list. I'm not mad about it. I just haven't gotten out to buy them yet. Both of them are potential list changers that I haven't heard yet. So th this is kind of a top 10 list with an asterisk uh, in case I end up really, really liking Neil Young's world record or Bruce Springsteen's uh, new one that I've suddenly forgotten the title of because I don't have it. Uh, only the strong survive, I think it is. If I like either of those, after I get this list done, maybe I'll end up revising next year. But uh, I haven't heard either of them yet, 
Not for any reason other than just I didn't get around to buying them yet, period. Especially, like, Neil Young released eight albums this year. Most of them were archival, or like the Harvest box set that I talked about on a recent episode. Uh, or just, you know, old live shows, stuff like that. Two of them contained new music. World Record is one of them, the other is Toast. We'll get to that. But, uh, I, I, he released a lot of stuff, and I missed one. Sorry, <laughs> you know, that's, it's hard to keep up sometimes, so I'm, I'm, you know, give me a break. But, uh, so those two are potential list breakers, and we'll get back to them if we need to. Uh, other stuff, just before we even get into the list, this was a really interesting year for me as a music fan. I, I encountered a lot of stuff that I haven't encountered for a couple of years because of the pandemic, I, meaning I went to some shows, mostly, uh, that, uh, you know, th th for with various levels of uh, paranoia, <laughs> because, uh, again, I haven't been to shows for a couple of years because there is still an ongoing pandemic, even though we're acting like it's over. It's, it's not. It's ongoing. Uh, so it, it just... It's it's a different experience going to shows now, but I went to several shows that I really enjoyed. Uh, I guess if you want to do an outline on this, this is the favorite mu musical happenings section. Uh, I went to several concerts that I enjoyed. I went and saw the Open Highway Music Festival with my brother. I talked about that on a previous episode. Saw a bunch of really cool bands there, Drive-By Truckers, James McMurtry, who I got to know for the first time by watching him on uh, at that show and kind of fell in love with his stuff. Uh, who else was there? Margot Price, uh, John Moreland, Hayes Carl, Shovels and Rope. I feel like I'm missing a big one. Uh, but yeah, there were some really good bands there, and it was just a really good time. Great music. It helped me reconnect with my love of Americana music, which has never gone away. But, uh, it just, I kind of reconnected with it because of that festival, and it was a really good time. And I really like going to the Open Highway Music Fest. I hope it's as good next year. Uh, I also just had a blast at the Glenn Tilbrook concert that I reviewed on the show. Uh, Glenn Tilbrook, one of, the, one of the main guys in, in the band Squeeze, he played a solo show, just him and a guitar, played a bunch of Squeeze songs, and I think one of, only one, I think, of his originals and a cover of a Gordon Lightfoot song, and I just, I had a great time and really loved it, and it made me want to do the deep dive on Squeeze that I haven't done for a while, and that's kind of happening still, and, uh, yeah, that was a great concert, and saw Coheed and Cambria with, uh, with my friend Brandon, and, uh, well, Brandon and, and Brittany, actually, both of them, uh, that, uh, their brother and sister, you don't need to know that, uh, so I saw Coheed and Cambria with them and had a great time at that, because Coheed is awesome, and they're touring behind a really great album right now, and, that was a great show, and it was at a new music venue here in St. Louis that I hadn't been to yet. That's a really cool venue, and uh, just 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 a good time there. And of course, I saw the Who, which I've talked about recently, which caused me to do a Who deep dive, as as you do. And uh, uh, yeah, the Who's just my favorite band and my favorite everything. And uh, had some. Uh, you might have heard my phone buzz there. Sorry about that. Uh, had some mixed emotions going into that Who show, because it was great, and the, the band was great, and Pete Townsend was even in a good mood, and, uh, and had, uh, was glad to be there with my, with my brother, and glad to be there with my friend Bruce, who had never seen them, and had always, you know, meant to, you know, so it was kind of cool to see the show through his eyes in that way, but also missed not having my dad there, you know, or missed having my dad there, I guess. Because uh, Dad just wasn't able to attend for reasons that I won't go into, but he, he just wasn't able to attend. 
Uh, and, you know, missed having Dad there. So it was a great show with a bunch of conflicted emotions, you know? So just had those really cool music experiences and a couple of really cool deep dives. Had the Who deep dive uh, and had, uh, well, the Fab 15 caused a deep dive for me on both the Beatles and Queen, you know? So, like, <laughs> doing the Fab 15 has been a lot of fun for me because, like, oh, yeah, okay, well, this is what I'm doing for a couple of weeks. I'm just listening to this music. You know, and that's that's fun for me. I love that. And I, I, I love that we've started up the Fab 15. That's one of the musical highlights of my year this year. That's 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 been great. And also to start the year, as I was kind of moving the cats in, the soundtrack to setting up the cats room was a deep dive on uh, Mark Lanigan, who sadly passed away, you know, was it at the end of last year or the start of this one? He passed away, you know, in that time frame, and I love Mark Lanigan, I love his music, I talked about that on the show when it happened, and I just, I did a real deep dive into his stuff and just listened to as much as I could could possibly listen to and that was that was the <laughs> that was the very gloomy soundtrack to me uh getting the cats room together uh which has made me very happy so it's it's kind of an interesting balance there but it's been a really interesting year for me musically just just fun stuff keeps happening musically and i've i've had a great time and i've discovered some new stuff and I, I don't know. I just I'm I'm jazzed about talking about this year in music, man. And I I I think maybe we should just get into it. And the best way to get into it is to not do the top ten list just yet. We're gonna do my honorable mentions. Oh, what would a top 10 list be without another 20 albums that you feel obligated to talk about instead? Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about my mostly honorable mentions. There's a few that aren't quite so honorable, but we're gonna talk about my mostly honorable mentions here, and we're gonna do it, uh, uh, we're gonna do it alphabetically, because I thought that was fair and most interesting, because... I uh, I have a habit of extending my top 10 into, like, a top 15. Like, I do five more that are the runners-up, and then a bunch of honorable mentions. I'm not going to do a top 15. I'm not going to do the extra five. I'm just going to talk about uh, several other albums that I bought this year that uh, I think are worth mentioning or I feel obligated to say something about because they're not in the top 10. Uh, and alphabetical seems as fair a way to do it as any, so I'm going to just do that. Uh, I'm going to try to keep this as brief as I can, and we'll see how badly I fail at that, because I, I, I don't expect to actually be able to do that. So, well, you guys know me. So, yeah, we've got several albums to talk about here. I have a literal stack of CDs sitting here in front of me. So if you hear a bunch of thumping sounds and hear me, you know, hear what sounds like me setting down CD cases and things during the course of this, uh, that's because that's exactly what I'm doing. Uh, the first honorable mention that I want to talk about, starting with the letter A and moving our way through the alphabet, is the new one by Andy Will Know Us by The Trail of Dead. It's their 11th album. It's called Bleed Here Now. I reviewed this on the show before. I was very excited to get a copy of it. It's, it's a good album. I've enjoyed the album. It was not a top 10 album for me. My criticism of it is there's just, frankly, a few too many songs. 
Not even that it's too long, it's that there's a whole bunch of songs on this album, and that makes it feel too long. Which is a weird criticism to have of something that I really enjoyed listening to. You know, because there are certainly longer albums that feel shorter than this one does, and that I like less, but listen to more often. It, I, I, none of that makes any sense. I, I know that, but new Trail of Dead, look, I love the Trail of Dead. Really do. I've been a fan of theirs for, I mean, more than a, dec a decade. It's got to be, I mean, since the World's Apart album, whenever that was, anyway. Uh, I've, I've been a fan for a long, long time. I have kept up with them. I get the new one no matter what I have to do to get it. I ordered this one from what seemed to be a pretty shady website, but hey, it got here. Uh, it, they're hard to find in my stores of choice these days, but I, I got it. I got it on release day. It's in my hand right now because I, I love this band. Just wasn't a top 10 album for me, but it's still good. And if you're a Trail of Dead person, you should pick it up. It just didn't make my top 10. That's it. I also, uh, I don't have to spend any time on this at all, but I don't think I mentioned it on the show. FYI, I bought the Beatles Revolver box set, the big five-disc one. I collect the Beatles box sets. Weirdly, the only Beatles box set that I don't have is the uh, American Albums series. The, uh, like, I've got, I've got the mono box set, I've got the stereo box set, I don't have the American box set, which is just the albums as they appeared in America in the original releases, but like on CD. That's the only one I don't have. And the only reason I don't have that is because that's buying every fucking Beatles album for a third time in another box set. So, like, that's, you know, <laughs> hard to you know, hard to do. But I, I did pick up the Revolver box set. It's just as good as all the other Beatles box sets. Uh, you know, you know what it is if you're a Beatles box set person. Or if you're just a Beatles person, you know exactly what it is. It's great. I like it a lot. That's all I have to say about it. It's obviously ineligible for a top ten list because Revolver came out in, uh, what, 1960-something, I think. And uh, that's, you know, that's not going to be on the 2022 list. But I, I felt like mentioning it, so there, I mentioned it. Another one that didn't quite make the list, this one's heartbreaking. I wanted this one on the list, and I just couldn't quite get it there. I just... I felt a little bit more loyalty to the stuff that did make my list, but know that if it went to 11, this one would be number 11. And if, for any reason, any of the current top ten cannot fulfill their duties, etc. Uh, the newest one by Elvis Costello and the Imposters, The Boy Named If, just blew me away on the first listen. I just went, oh, that's exactly what I want from Elvis Costello in this stage of his career. It, it's reminiscent of his album The Delivery Man, which is one of my favorite Elvis Costello records. Really, really like it, and uh, I just, I, I, it just didn't quite make it, just because some other stuff barely edged it out, barely edged it out. But uh, I really like the album. Want to mention it? One of the highlights of the year. You should really pick it up. It just didn't quite make my top ten. Another one that didn't quite make my top ten is one that I'm, I, I'm. It, it, it's so, it feels so weird that this didn't make my top ten. The newest one by the Drive-By Truckers, Welcome to Club 13, didn't make my top ten. Because it's, it's, it's a record that's just fine, you know? Like, from what I understand, they recorded it very quickly over a very short time frame. So it, it just, uh, my brother pointed this out on his top ten list over at his blog. Uh, it... It just feels like some of the songs haven't been lived in long enough to be really great songs yet. I'll tell you this, the album had been out for a little bit when we saw them at the Open Highway Festival, and the songs that they did there, 
felt more lived in and felt like much better versions than what are on the album, you know? And that's, you know, I, I feel like they just needed to spend another couple of weeks with the songs before they committed them to being an album, maybe. And, and maybe they could have separated some of the wheat from the chaff a little bit and tightened up some of the lyrics a little bit, unlazied a couple of the lazier rhymes. It's a good album. I like the album. I've listened to the album several times. I'm going to listen to it for years to come. I just, they've done better. And, uh, like, uh, compared to how much I love some of their other albums, this one just wasn't a top ten album. Frankly, neither was Go-Go Boots back when I put that on my top ten list in whatever year that was. But, uh, you know, my priorities were different then. Uh, And I I needed them to be on the top ten list that year. This one, uh, I didn't need this one to be on the top ten list. I still like the album. I still love the band. I'm hoping to see them when they come through here in March this year. But uh, uh, yeah, this one just wasn't wasn't quite the win for me that I was that I really think it would have been if they'd have just spent a little bit more time on it, you know. Uh, but yeah, welcome to Club Thirteen, DBT, good album, perfectly fine DBT album, just not a top ten for me this year. Maybe it will be. Maybe I'll listen to it in a couple of months or next year, and I'll I'll just kind of go, wow, what was I thinking? That easily should have been my top five. I don't know, but right now it's it just it didn't make the top ten, and that feels so weird. Because I think every album that they've released since I've been a fan of theirs has made it into my top ten. But this one, this one didn't. And honestly, neither should have Go-Go Boots. But it is what it is. Another album that didn't make the list because it's just kind of fine. Uh, we're in a weird pocket right now of albums that are just kind of fine. And that's why they didn't make the list. Uh, the new one by Flogging Molly, Anthem. I like it. It's a perfectly good Flogging Molly album. It's not going to be one of my favorite Flogging Molly albums. It's not one, one I don't... I don't personally think it's one of the best Flogging Molly albums. It's fine. But the fine isn't good enough to get it on the list. It needed to, <laughs> it needed to do something in my heart that it just didn't quite do. That's, that, that's really all I have to say about it. If you're a Flogging Molly fan, still pick it up. It's still enjoyable. But it just it wasn't a top ten for me. That's it. Uh, the other ones that are just fine are the two new Guided by Voices albums. Crystal Nuns Cathedral and Tremblers and Goggles by Rank. They also put out a compilation of uh, old stuff that uh, they felt compelled to do this year called, I think, Scalping the Guru, something like that, something weird. I'm begging you, Bob Pollard, make any song or any song title or any lyric. Just make a little bit of sense, please, for me, just once. But anyway, uh, perfectly good GBV albums. Like them, don't love them. Uh, I'm also just getting a little bit burnt out on how quickly GBV puts out music basically. I mean, whereas I am a Neil Young apologist when he puts out eight albums in a year. But uh, again, both those albums, perfectly good albums, just didn't make the top ten. And then there's an album that's a really, really good album. We're out of the just okay section. An album that's a really, really good album that isn't making the list, mostly just because I haven't absorbed it enough, even though I really like it. And that's the new album by Lamb of God, entitled Omens. Uh, it's good heavy metal, man. Really like it. I mean, it's it, if you don't like the growling, you know, animalistic vocals, then it's probably not for you. I'm fine with that. I'm at least happier with that than I am with the corpse vocals, you know? Uh, but uh, uh, Lamb of God's Omens, really good album. Really like it. Good angry driving music, you know, and good <laughs> good, uh, good driving angry music. Uh, I, I really dig it. I just, I haven't spent enough time with it. Like, that's on me, not on them. I just, I've, I've not been in a super metal frame of mind, but, like, I listened to it and went, yeah, next time I'm on a metal kick, this one's gonna hit exactly the right way, you know? So I think 
in future years, I'm going to look back on that one and regret that it's not on the list, but it's definitely an honorable mention. If I were doing, you know, the extended 15 or whatever, it'd probably be in there. It's a really great album. Uh, I'll tell you this, the cats don't care for it. As I was uh, putting the list together, I tried to re-listen to all of the stuff that I bought this year that was a new release, and uh, I was listening to that one, and both cats just came in the room meowing at me like there was a problem. Uh, they uh, <laughs> they uh, do not care for the guttural vocals and that kind of heavy metal, I guess. But uh, otherwise, really good album. Sounds good in the car. You know, really loud, driving down the highway. That's kind of what this sort of album's meant for, and it works very well for that, trust me. Uh, another album that is not on the list that I I toyed with what to do with this album, because in some ways it sort of belongs there, in other ways I find it completely inaccessible. I'm talking about the new one by Demi Lovato, Holy Fuck, or Holy Favik, because it's spelled F-V-C-K for reasons that I'm sure she has. Uh, it's a good album. It's a very brave album. It's a very personal album. It's a very revealing album. She gets deep into her own issues, and that's kind of the problem with it. Uh, it's, it's, as far as bravery goes, as far as, wow, it, what a, you know, strong statement this album is, it's an absolute A-plus in the gradebook. As far as, do I identify with a word that she says on it? It's an absolute F. So I don't know what to do with this album. Because uh, I've heard it, and I've listened to it a couple of times, and it's so dark and difficult to listen to on that level because she gets into her drug problems and stuff like that. It's so upsetting on that level. I really don't want to listen to it again, but it's also a great album. And that's uh, a very conflicting, very polarizing thing, which either makes it number one or keeps it off the list entirely. And I didn't, I, I'm, I'm not, well, I don't know if you just heard McGuire there, but he has an objection, I think. He just meowed at me pretty loudly there. Uh, my point is, uh, this album, I didn't feel drawn enough to it, and I'm not going to go back to it enough that it's going to be anywhere near number one on my list, so it's just not on my list. Uh, and I'm saying all of this as a person who writes way too personal and way too introspective of songs. I get the need to do that. I really do. Uh, I just feel like she did it in a way that isn't accessible to me. So it's not on my list. It's probably on a whole bunch of other people's lists to whom it's a little bit more accessible. And that's fine. But it just it didn't make it onto mine. Another one that's a little bit of a heartbreaker for me that I, I fought to try to get on the list is the new one by Metric, Formentera. And... Uh, I, uh, I I really like Metric. I've liked Metric since the Live It Out album and everything they've released since then. I've got it. I love it. I listen to it. It's they're great stuff. I really, really like Metric. In the past, they've had a number one album uh, on my list. The album Synthetica went to number one on my list that year. Uh, great band. And this is a great album. I really, really like it. There are a couple of places where it's a little bit too long, I, in my opinion. Uh, although I think purposely. I, I think they did that on purpose. I think that's part of the point. And I can appreciate that, but it also kept it, like, just below the top ten, you know? That said, I really like it, and I've listened to it a bunch this year, and I'm going to keep listening to it a bunch, and it, it feels like another one of those that in a few years I might kick myself for not having it actually properly on the list. But uh, it just didn't quite make it. Really like it, though. Uh, another one that didn't make the list... The reason this one didn't make the list is not a very good reason. Uh, it didn't make the list because I 
uh, sort of know the guy who wrote it, and it felt weird to put it on the top ten list because it just felt like nepotism of some kind. Uh, I have talked about on the show already, uh, uh, Aiden Mursky's Lord Have Mursky. Uh, really good, really fun album full of songs that have a tongue firmly planted in their cheek. And uh, Aiton writes great songs. He, yeah, I fell in love with his music when he did the song American Splendor in the movie of the same name. And uh, I just haven't looked back. We became friends on social media, and uh, he's a really good guy. And he put out a really good album, but because I know him, <laughs> I didn't feel like I could put it in the top ten. Sorry, Aiton, it's nothing personal. Uh, let's just, you know what, let's consider that one above list. Let's say there's the top ten, and then there's Aiton Mursky's Lord Have Mursky. Let's just, let's just say that. Uh, another one that is a heartbreaker that it's not on the list is the new one by the Mountain Goats. I love the Mountain Goats. They've got an album out this year called Bleed Out. They may have more than one album out this year. This is the one I'm aware of. Uh, they, they're another one of those bands that releases music slightly too frequently uh, for me to keep up with. It, that, that That's not even true that they release it too frequently, just too frequently for me to keep up with, and I'm probably not alone on that. And bear in mind, I'm a guy who last year put out two albums on the same day. Uh, but yeah, Bleed Out, really good album. Really enjoyed it. It's got kind of a noirish feel. Noir? Noir? It's, that's a hard word for me to say for some reason. I don't know if I've ever said the word noir. I'll, uh, I must have, because I, I occasionally drink Pinot Noir. Anyway, uh, it's got kind of a, let's say kind of a pulp novel uh, feel to it, vibe to it, lyrically. And uh, it just, it's... But classic Mountain Goat's tone and style and wordplay and stuff like that. Really, really like the album, but, you know, you gotta draw the line somewhere, and this one just didn't quite make the list. So, uh, that's another heartbreaker. I've got a few heartbreakers here. I think the ones that make up the heartbreakers would make up the extra five if I were doing, you know, the top 15, you know, as I normally do, but... Uh, another one is uh, that didn't quite make the list, I reviewed on the show very recently is the uh, new one by Off, called Free LSD. Off is a really great band. The reason this one didn't quite make the list is I wanted a punk album, and this one leans a little bit too heavily into the psychedelia, which is part of the point of the album, and I get that. It just wasn't quite what I wanted. And that's one of those awkward things, is, oh, this is a really good album that is not exactly what I wanted. <laughs> and, you know, yes, I really like it, but it also isn't what I want. That, that's that's such a conflicted, weird feeling to have, but I've had that on a lot of albums this year, and Off's Free LSD is one of those. Uh, good album. I'm going to listen to it some more, because I like Off, but it's just it leaned a little bit too heavy into the psychedelia and not heavy enough into the punk for my taste, so it didn't, didn't quite make the list. Another one that didn't quite make the list is Amanda Shire's Take It Like a Man. I love Amanda Shires. I love the stuff that she's done. My favorite album of hers is uh, My Piece of Land. It's going to be difficult for her to ever get as good as that one, in my mind. And uh, this one's very, very different from that one. Uh, the thing that... This is another album that it's a really good album, but it's just not quite what I wanted. You know, like I wanted a different, a different tone out of the album, because a lot of the... I don't. I, I, what I'm about to say, I do not mean as a knock or an insult or anything like that. But a lot of the production on this album comes across as almost yacht rock, and that's. I fell in love with her as kind of a folk artist, you know. So that's just a mile and a half away from where I am and what I want to hear out of her albums, you know. It's still a really great album. It's still a really good album. I still like it. I'm still going to listen to it. 
it's just not what I wanted. <laughs> so, it, so it didn't make the list. It's, uh, it's taken me some time to get used to it. And, you know, sometimes that's to something's benefit that it just has to grow on you. And that's another album where maybe in a couple of years I'm going to look and go, why wasn't that on the list? You know, and just not even re remember feeling this way about it. But right now, I wanted a folk album and I got Yacht Rock is kind of how I feel about it. And I like Yacht Rock. But I just, I was expecting something else, and I didn't get it, you know, so I kept it off the list. Uh, another album that didn't make the list, Tegan and Sarah's newest one, Cry Baby, which uh, I like Tegan and Sarah a lot. I've liked the, their last several albums quite a bit. Uh, the people who love them as an acoustic duo have been very upset that they've been doing poppy dance stuff, and I get that. I just talked about the Amanda Shires album that I wanted an acoustic, you know, folky thing, and... Uh, uh, got a Yacht Rock album. People who want Tegan and Sarah's acoustic stuff must be uh, heartbroken that they're doing dance numbers, you know? So I, I get it. Uh, but I like that stuff. And uh, that's the stuff of theirs I sort of fell in love with initially. Uh, the new one is in kind of that same vein, but I just feel like it's trying a little bit hard. With uh, songs titled things like Fucking Up What Matters, Smoking Weed Alone, and uh, pretty shitty time. Just like, all right, girls, it, it, it feels like you're trying a little bit too hard to be edgy at the age that you are now. Like you're not, <laughs> you're not teenagers who are, you know, just shocking people with the words you're saying. Uh, and that feels like it's the point of it. And like the cover is an ice cream cone with a razor blade in it. That's, uh, come on, you know, <laughs> like like it just feels like you're trying a little bit too hard. That said. I like a couple of the songs on it quite a bit, and I've listened to the album a few times, and I've, I basically enjoy the album, but it just feels a little bit like it tries too hard, so it didn't make the top ten. And the last one in my hand here that didn't make the top ten that's kind of a heartbreaker, but I, I think it's ineligible, is one of the albums that Neil Young released this year, the album Toast. And the reason it didn't make the top ten, if it... I, I, again, I don't think it's eligible. If it were eligible, it would easily be in the top five, maybe the top three. The The trouble with it is, this is an album that was recorded in the early 2000s and just never released. So what do you do with that? Because it's not exactly a new album, and it feels weird to like, oh, here's a 20-year-old album that's going to be on, uh, you know, in, uh, at number you know three on my list. Uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, I may as well also put Pearl Jam 10 on the list if I'm going to do that. But also, at the same time, we hadn't heard this album before, so it's, it's, it's confusing, you know? That, so the fact that it's confusing kept it off the list, but know that in my heart of hearts, that is the smaller heart that is inside of my larger heart, it is uh, very, very high up on the list because I love Neil Young. And as I said earlier, maybe the world record album will hit the revision <laughs> after I've finally heard it. We'll find out when it happens. But uh, yeah, that's those are the honorable mentions. I think I did 16 there, including the Beatles box set. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're, we've got all the honorable or mostly honorable mentions out of the way. We are about to head into it. We're going to do it. We're going to do the top 10 list. You ready? Are you ready? I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to decide if you're ready. Fell in love too young and you thought it was a keeper. Nice hair, nice smile, and the passion of a preacher. We prayed for you, you thought that you would found yourself a man of your dreams. The prayer's just another way of stating your opinion. 
thinking out loud with everybody listening you might have known it changes tone but sex is just as good as it seems okay it is time Checkmates, it is time. We are going to do my top 10 favorite albums of 2022. We're going to do this in ascending order from number 10 up to number 1. Uh, and again, I just want to state that if something's at number 10 rather than at number 1, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily a better or worse album. It just means that that's the order that I put it in. You know, like We're talking about my favorites here. We're not necessarily judging purely on quality. We're just talking about stuff that I really, really liked this year. And I bought a whole bunch of albums this year. I, uh, I keep... This is... This is a little embarrassing because this is the kind of nerd I am, but I also have a collection of CDs that's, uh, coming up on 3,000 CDs at, at this point, and, uh... I, uh, I have an Excel spreadsheet <laughs> where I keep track of what I bought because sometimes I'll be out there and I'll stumble into something and I'll think, do I have a copy of that? So I've got it on my phone. Uh, that's, that's who I am. Uh, I did, I, I took a look at how many I bought this year, and it was well into the triple digits, although not as many as last year. So I bought a whole bunch of stuff this year, and, uh, I talked about some of it already, and there's a lot more that I didn't talk about, some of which has even been on the show, that didn't make it even into the honorable mentions. Which is not even a value judgment against that stuff, but there's, I just, I bought a lot of stuff. And I liked a lot of stuff, and I've had a lot of fun with a lot of stuff, both old and new, this year. And these are them. These are the ten that were my ten favorites. So just to be on the list is an honor, I guess, to, if, if you're honored by very simple, dumb things like being on my list. So, you know, being number ten is the same as being number one in my heart, because you, you made the list. You know, these are just the ten that I want to talk about. But that said, I did rank them, I did put them in the order that, you know, I sort of, my order of fondness, my order, my order of favoritism, whatever you want to call it, it's my top ten. You know how a top ten list works, why am I taking so long to explain it to you? Possibly because I'm insecure, because I was uh, uh, shy as a child. Just let that hang there for a while. Uh, number 10 on my list is an album that I talked about very recently on the show. You uh, probably don't need to hear me go too in-depth about it again, so I'm just going to leave it pretty short here. The new album by Mark with a C, Thanatophobia, which is the fear of death, in case you didn't listen to that episode. Thanatophobia is my number 10. A really great album if you're unfamiliar with Mark with a C. He's kind of a... Post-punky slash acousta-punky guy who writes really catchy, fun, uh, very acoustic-driven songs. Uh, this one's a little bit more electric. I mean, he's always had an electric side to him, and he's always ha had a more, yeah, a more serious side to him that comes out too. But this one's not as uh, not as uh, goofy and not as acousticy as some of his other work, but it's still absolutely wonderful and absolutely fantastic. And if you get the physical product. You get the album itself, but you also get a DVD that you're supposed to play at the same time and sync up to the album and have a full multimedia experience, and I just love that there's somebody out there doing stuff like that. That alone makes it cool enough to be on my top ten. But apart from that, it's also just got some really great songs on it that I've really, really enjoyed. So, I again, I did a review of it really, really recently. I'm not going to rehash old ground too much. But number 10, my, my, my 10th favorite album of the year, Mark With The Seas, Thanatophobia. Really good guy, really good album. 
and uh, yeah, it just deserves to be there. I'm I'm very happy that that one made the list, and that one I just I I I love being excited about stuff like that. So number ten, Mark with a C, Thanatophobia. And at number nine is an album that I haven't talked about on the show at all. In fact, most of you probably don't know that I even like the band, because until very recently, I didn't know that I liked the band. Uh, the new one by American Aquarium, uh, Chickamacomico, which is fun to say, Chickamacomico. Try saying that, Chickamacomico. Go, go ahead, try it. Did you try it? Let's, let's say it together, Chickamacomico. Let's say it slowly, Chickamacomico. And... A little sexy for some reason. Sorry about that. You don't need that in your life. Uh, great album, <laughs> American Aquarium. They've been around just short of forever. I think this is like their 13th album or something like that. And I, I've just completely missed them. I've heard their name all over the place, but I just, I've never dived in. Uh, one of their albums is even produced by Jason Isbell, and I never bought it. Uh, their album Burn, Flicker, Die, which I've also picked up, is is produced by Jason Isbell, which you would think would have gotten my attention and I would have started listening to them because that's sort of what happened to everybody else. But I just, whatever reason, I just hadn't, I just hadn't dived in. I haven't, I hadn't dove in. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't picked up any of their albums. And uh, I've got uh, an acquaintance who is nuts about the band and posts stuff on their Instagram about them all the time. Uh, and I'm saying acquaintance because that's what we are. We We know each other basically through the internet. We, you know barely keep up we met each other at a show and ended up internet friends basically so anyway she's a big fan of theirs and uh posts about them and her collection of their stuff all the time and i finally just kind of went yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna check them out i'm gonna see like because she has really good music taste she keeps posting about cool stuff that i like i'm gonna give them a shot you know and the first time i gave them a shot i went to youtube and i watched some live footage and this is some of my own prejudice coming out. I saw the lead singer for the band, and I just went, nah, because uh, he's a good-looking guy. That's the end of it. He's a good-looking guy. He's a handsome man. And I went, no, no, uh-uh, uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with this guy. <laughs> he can't possibly write good songs. Look at him. He looks like he should be, like, hanging out with Adam Levine, writing whatever the hell Adam Levine writes. This isn't going to be my thing. I, uh, I let Image uh, speak to my inherent prejudice toward, I guess, good-looking people? I don't know. I don't even know what that is. Uh, I, I like plenty of good-looking people. <laughs> but I just, whatever it was, in Americana, for some reason, I want the lead singer to be pug ugly. And this guy's not. He's a, he's a good-looking man. And so I saw the footage just w and just went, eh, no, no, uh, this, this isn't going to be for me. Uh, I don't know what that was, and it got in my way and deprived me of a little bit longer liking something cool, because in, in store, in, in like, in a record store, I just stumbled upon the new American Aquarium album, and went, you know what, I'm gonna pick it up, and I'm gonna listen to it, and it's probably not for me, but I'm at least gonna give it a fair shake. And I popped it in, and I listened to it, and I went, oh my god, what was wrong with me when I was on YouTube? Why didn't I, why did I look at the guy's haircut and just go, no, why didn't I listen to him for like a minute, you know, and he would have broken my heart and I would have been all in. It's not his fault that he's beautiful, <laughs> you know, um, but this album is a great Americana album. And the only other album I bought of theirs is Burn, Flick, or Die, but that's also a great Americana album, and I've got a whole bunch of other great Americana albums by them to track down now because I gave them a chance. You should always just give something a chance, man. 
And like, I need to remind myself of that, you know, because I just, I don't even know if that's prejudice, but I just kind of went, nah, the, look at this guy, just the way this guy looks, he's not going to write the music that I like. And that's such a stupid thing to think, you know, but I thought it, and it, it kept me away from the band for a while, and I'm just, I'm owning up to that right now. But I got into this album, and the very first song just grabbed me, and one of the, so and one of the lyrics ripped my heart out, and I went, oh, this is going to be exactly my cup of tea. And the lyric that got me in the title track, Chickamacomico, Chickamacomico, uh, the lyric that got me was, uh, I swear I'm gonna lose my mind if I have to hear about God's plan one more goddamn time. Now, that's a great line. That's a great lyric right there. Uh, the, uh, I'm, I'm in. You got me with that lyric. I'm, I swear I'm gonna lose my mind if I have to hear about God's plan one more goddamn time. That got me. That hooked me, and I stayed hooked, and I stayed hooked throughout the rest of the album, and it's been in and out of my player quite a bit ever since I picked it up. I really, really like it. I'm sitting here selling it to you because some of you need it sold to you because some of you have had similar experiences to what I, what I have. You just kind of, whatever reason, the band hasn't appealed to you, you need to listen to them because they're really, really great. And I did myself a disservice by not giving them the proper chance until really just a few weeks ago. Maybe maybe a couple of months, I'm not exactly sure when. But very recently, I picked up this album. And I'm so glad I did. It's so good. And it's my number nine on the list. With time, it might even go a little bit higher, because this is the kind of album I'm going to keep coming back to. So American Aquarium's Chickamacomico is number nine on my list. And at number eight on my list is a very acoustic-driven album from a source that you might not have expected. Number eight on my list is the new album by Dropkick Murphys. It is called This Machine Still Kills Fascists. I talked about it on the show before, so again, I can be kind of brief. Uh, this album is... Uh, DKM are going through a time right now where one of their main singers, Al Barr, is dealing with some family issues... He's a little bit out of the picture. They also were invited by the family of Woody Guthrie to go through Woody Guthrie's old lyrics that are that are unused to go through the archive and see if there's anything that they want to use because they've done his stuff in the past and had great success with it and done it more than justice. So they got the chance to go through the archive and look around and see if there was anything they wanted to use. And they uh, pulled out 10 tracks and, in fact, even some audio footage of Woody singing, and they put out... Maybe their best record. It's at least their best one since Sing Loud, Sing Proud. I'm willing to say that. It might be their best album. It's entirely acoustic. It's a departure for them. It's kind of a weird release for them. But it's perfectly DKM. And it's a great listen. And it's really cool lyrics because they were written by Woody Guthrie. It's named after what Woody Guthrie had written on his guitar, because Woody Guthrie was a veteran, and he killed fascists, and he wrote on his guitar, This Machine Kills Fascists, and now we've got a bunch of fascists running around, and we keep putting them into office in the United States. So, good Irish Boston punks, who you can always count on to do the right thing, I guess? That's probably not true. But good Irish Boston punks have brought back that phrase, and done it beautifully and done it elegantly and done it with really great songs and uh, they put out this album and it's been in constant rotation for me since it came out it's a great album it's one of their best albums it's probably their best album and it's at number eight on my list dropkick murphy's this machine still kills fascists 
pick it up if you haven't. And if you have picked it up, but you haven't listened to it enough yet, play it today, because it's a great, great album. I really, really love it, and it's at number eight on my list. And after eight comes seven. Well, if you're counting in this order. If you're counting, like, one, two, three, four, five, uh, seven comes before eight. Well, we're going in reverse order, because we're counting up to one. So, uh, seven comes after eight. This is what it would be like if I were on Sesame Street. It would be unhelpful to the children, and, uh, I think the Muppets, as Mike Birbiglia would point out, would not care for how often I say the word fuck. Uh, what the hell was I... Number seven on the top ten list is the new album by Sloan. The album title is Steady. I can't remember if I talked about this on the show or not. If I didn't, then shame on me, because Sloan is one of my favorite bands right now. They're a Canadian pop rock act. All four members of the band write songs and sing them and play different instruments and stuff. They're a little bit like the Beatles that way. Wait a minute. Is... Is Sloan the Canadian Beatles? Can we say that? Feels like it may be a little bit of a bold thing to say, but... I mean, it's... It's there. They might be the Canadian Beatles. There's a, there's a Beatles-y similarity, anyway. I'll think on that and get back to you. Anyway, the new album, Steady, is a perfect example of just what Sloan is like when they're firing on all cylinders. Sloan has been at number one on previous lists for me when I've done this. They, uh, their album, 12, got to number one on my list that year, which was a weird year, but they still had the number one record for that year. Uh, Steady is just as good as that album. It might even be a little bit better than that album. Just from the opening infectious riff of magical thinking and then it moves into spend the day and she put up with what she put uh, she put up with what she put down that's hard for me to say for some reason uh look i can just if i just read the track list I, that doesn't tell you why i like the songs i guess but but i like every one of them there's not a skipper on here for me i don't skip any of these tracks great songs you get good deep chunky riffs but you also get light fm from <laughs> the from one of the guitarists who does that kind of stuff in his writing and it's uh, just a perfect example of what happens when you have four distinct personalities that come together to form a greater whole, and Sloan does that all the time, and they did it excellently on the Steady album. I really, really love this album. I'm really, really excited that it's on my list, and uh, I think you should listen to it. If you like good Canadian power pop, uh, and that's selling it short because it gets more serious than that uh, quite frequently, and a little bit heavier than that frequently, too. If you like... Uh, good Canadian rock music. Let's just say rock music. If you like good Canadian rock music, uh, let's take the word Canadian out of that. There's no reason to qualify that. If you like good rock music, pick up Sloan's new one, Steady. It's great. Or pick yourself up some other Sloan. They're, they've got great albums out there. They're absolutely worth your time. If you need a playlist, let me know and I will help you out. Sloan Steady is at uh, number uh, seven, right? Yes, seven on my list. In at uh, number six on my list is the new album by Julian Lennon titled Jude. Uh, Julian Lennon, if you're not familiar with him, uh, he's the son of one of the members of the uh, English Sloan. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's such a dumb joke. I'm, I'm proud that I just thought of that while I was sitting here, but that's a dumb joke. Uh, Julian Lennon, son of John Lennon. I talked about this album on the show previously. He put out an awesome album called Jude that... Uh, 
I mean, I think there might there might be something with the timing of that, you know, because the Get Back documentary came out and the whole world has been ticking on the Beatles again. Not that the world ever stops ticking on the Beatles, but the whole world has been ticking on the Beatles again. And Julian Lennon, who was the inspiration for the writing of Hey Jude and is uh, sort of known to be the titular Jude, which... If you don't know the story of that song, it started out as Hey Jules and just got changed to Jude over time is the very short version of it. Uh, but the you know, the guy who was the titular Jude in Jude in a year where the Beatles are all over the place releases an album named Jude. And I'm wondering, I mean, you might see that as a marketing thing, and sure, it's probably a little bit of a marketing thing, but I'm wondering if he just kind of... I mean, the album cover is a picture of him as a young man when he would have been, you know, sort of most closely associated with that song. And I, I don't know. I wonder if maybe he's going through some stuff coming out of the whole Get Back documentary and seeing that footage of his dad and whatnot. And I mean, I, I don't know if that's part of this or not. All I know is I put the album in not knowing what to expect. And I got an album that both feels like a 70s throwback, but also feels incredibly current with a very current sound to it and very current kind of drum loops happening and stuff like that it just blew me away it knocked me off my feet and i knew it was destined for the top 10 list i'm a little bit surprised to be honest with you that it's not in the top five but it's right on that borderline julian lennon's jude is just a fantastic listen i've i've loved it every time i popped it in and every time i popped it in i've sort of found something new about it to grab onto so maybe you should grab onto it too if you haven't yet and with that, checkmates, we're getting into the top five. That's a significant number. We're into the top five. These are the ones that if, I mean, you know, you have certain, you have certain ways that you do lists like this. We, here in Empty Checking Land, we do the Fab 15 pretty regularly. Everybody does a top 10. If you don't do a top 10, you do a top five. And if you don't do a top five, you just say, yeah, my favorite album from that year was blah, you know, whatever. But uh, five, the top five, that's a significant thing. And we're, we're, we're into the home stretch here. We're into the, like, these are the ones that no matter what else this year produced, these are my favorites. You know, these are my absolute hands, hands down favorites. I, look, I love all of the top ten, but let's, let's, not, let's not mince words here. The top five is where you don't fuck around. You know, there's no, there's no outliers here. This is, it's serious business now. So in my top five, at number five, is the newest album by Wilco called Cruel Country. Now this is an interesting release because it's really only out in digital form right now. Uh, the band has said that because of the supply chain stuff, they, you know, were waiting to put out physical copies of it. I don't know what that means in this context because a whole lot of people are putting out cds uh all over the place and wilco themselves even put out a pre-release cd version of it uh and i've got that that's the one that i'm holding in my hand right now i picked it up i that may just be a byproduct of i live in st louis and they're heavily associated with st louis uh, so I, I went to Euclid Records and they had a copy of the new Wilco sitting in a slip sleeve that is not as fancy as the slip sleeve that it's going to be in, in, you know, a few weeks whenever it's finally officially released. Uh, but I, you know, like there's CDs here, uh, so I don't know what, I don't know what the difference is. I don't know what the supply chain issue is. Maybe it's on vinyl. Maybe it's on the vinyl because both Taylor Swift and Adele decided they needed to release albums. You know, maybe they just got screwed out of being able to make vinyl for a little while, so they said, well, look, the physical isn't officially out yet, but the download is. So, technically, this exists in download only and in a handful of pre-release editions. 
uh, one of which I bought. That's all just kind of scenery, though. Let's talk about the album. The album is a double disc, two CDs. That's what double disc means. And uh, <laughs> they're very different in their way. Uh, like, sometimes when you get a double disc, it suffers from fatigue of being the same thing just twice. Like, sometimes you get to disc two of an album, and you go, that, this is, like, you could have done one. You could have just trimmed out a few songs and done one CD, and everybody would have been happier. You This is long, and it's just the same thing over and over again. There's no difference between these albums. That's not the case with this album. The first one's much more relaxed and much more just sparse and acoustic. The second one has a lot more kind of uh, lush arrangement to it and a lot more, It's it's got more going on with the instrumentation and it's, the songs sound, feel a little bit warmer and there's a difference between the two albums. And I'll tell you what, this album would have made my top 10 anyway, but it is the strength of the second disc that put it in the top five. It's a really great disc, too. And honestly, how often do you get to say that? That, wow, that's a really great disc, too. I, I've, I don't ever say that. Do you ever say that? I, I just did. <laughs> so it's, it, that's, that's remarkable, you know? And I really, really love this album. It just it got its hooks in me. It came into my life right at the point where I was starting to rekindle my love for alt country and wilco is a big part of that and my own story of alt country they're a big part of the story of alt country in general so this was just a good one to pick up and i've really enjoyed it and i think if you've ever liked a wilco song you need to listen to this album because you're gonna like it and i really really like it and it jumped its way right into my top five so wilco's Cru cruel country which uh, should be in physical formats in proper physical formats i guess any time, I guess, now that I, I think. I, there, I think there's actually a street date for it. I haven't paid that much attention because I, uh, you know, I already bought the pre-release one, so I kind of don't need the official cover one, but I'm probably going to buy it eventually just because I'm that kind of asshole. But, uh, uh, yeah, that the actual release is going to be out soon, but it's available for download everywhere you can download stuff like that. So uh, check it out, Wilco's Curl Country, in at number five. And at number four is the latest album that uh, Black Francis has done that is a Frank Black solo album that he has called a Pixies album, is uh, the new album by the Pixies, Dog Rail. And uh, I, uh, look, everything I just said, that was a little bit of a knock on it, but I, I happen to really like Frank Black's solo albums, so this works for me on that level. Because that's what the Pixies are right now. They're a Frank Black solo project that happens to, to feature two members of the original lineup of the Pixies and also a really great bass player and uh, also and singer in pause. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's Frank Black solo, but with the Pixies. That's, that's what it is. We all know it, and we all accept it, and we all love it, and I love it. I love this album. This actually might be the album that I've come back to most this year, which surprised me a little bit because the last couple of Pixies albums since Andy Cindy haven't done that much for me, but this one really, really did. This one got its hooks in me and got it in deep. I think I've had the song The Lord Has Come Back Today stuck in my head since the first time I heard it. It's just, there's some really infectious melodies on this album. Uh, I talked about it on a recent episode. I don't need to talk about it that much more. It's a great album. It's a great Pixies album. It's a really great solo Frank Black album, and it's at my number four, The Pixies' Dog Rail. 
Really great album. You should probably hear it sometime very soon. I'm starting to rush a little, I know. But, you know, I've talked about most of this stuff already. So it's, it's, getting, it's getting easy. But, yeah, number four, New Pixies album. That brings us to the top three. Now on the top three, I just want to say, each one of these albums could have been number one. Just know that if you don't like it being at number three, it could have been number one. If you don't like it being at number one, it could have been number three. Uh, these three, like, I almost considered just like, all right, these three, they're very different albums. They're all number one, and then here are nine other albums. I almost considered doing that, but that would be cheating, so I had to rank them. But know that, to me, this is kind of number one A, B, and C. But for the conceit of this list, I had to put them in an order, so they're in an order. But these, you know, just know that three through one are all kind of number one to me. They're all great albums and each deserving of the top spot. That said, at number three, I have one of the albums that it was one of the first albums that I really fell in love with this year, the new album by Eddie Vedder called Earthling. Eddie Vedder, of course, the lead singer of Pearl Jam. Uh, this album is better than the last Pearl Jam album. It might be better than the last two Pearl Jam albums. It's fucking great. Just every song on it is a banger. It's classic Eddie Vedder vocals. It's classic Eddie Vedder energy. It's what you want out of a Pearl Jam album, but he did it by himself, which I don't know what's going on in Pearl Jam, but I really hope Eddie brings some of that energy to them soon because they need it. Uh, <laughs> we need another really great Pearl Jam album, and we got it, but we got it in the form of an Eddie Vedder solo album where he brought in a bunch of friends, some of whom are famous and some of whom very much are not. And, I don't know, maybe he just had fun writing with those people. I, I, I don't know. I mean, Chad Smith's on it. That's gotta be fun. He seems like a fun guy. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's Eddie with a bunch of guys and, and just having a great time playing rock and roll music. That's awesome. That's perfect. That's exactly what I want. It's a shame that it's a solo Eddie Vedder album because that's going to fly under the radar for a lot of people, except for the diehard Pearl Jam fans like myself. A lot of people are going to miss this album, and it's one of the best albums of the year. It's one of, bar none across all categories, it's one of the best albums of the year. Not just one of the best rock albums, one of the best albums of the year, Eddie Vedder's Earthling. You owe it to yourself to hear this album. It's fucking fantastic. It's at my number three, again, just because I had to put them in some kind of order. This is one of the first albums I fell in love with this year, and it's at the end of the year now, and I still love it. You know? I, I, it had to be in the top three. I, I, for a while, it was at number one, and I just kind of you know, put some thought into it, and it ended up at number three. But again, any of these could be number one. This absolutely could be number one. On many lists, it really should be number one. It probably should be on mine, because I love this album so much. But it's at number three, Eddie Vedder's Earthling. Know that in my heart it's higher, even though there's stuff above it. Uh, <laughs> that's difficult, but whatever. You get it. It's a great album. Buy it, buy it, buy it. Listen to it. It's fantastic. You won't be let down. That said, there are two that ranked a little bit higher above it. Uh, the one that is directly above it at number two is a complete tonal shift from Eddie Vedder. The new album by Taylor Swift, Midnight's. It's at my number two. Uh, that's not unprecedented for me. Folklore and Evermore were joint number one the year that they came out, uh, which I don't feel like that's cheating. If the if it if it's the same artist and I you know they put out two albums and they they both go on the same slot on a list, I think that's fair because it's all 
sort of wrapped up in the same time period and same thought. But uh, yeah, Taylor Swift's Midnights is at number two for me because uh, I yeah heard this album and I just kind of fell in love with it uh, immediately and just it. I keep I keep returning to it and I keep thinking about it and I keep just sort of wrapping these songs around me like a blanket and that's that's the first time I've done that with Taylor Swift because I've I've never been that negative on Taylor Swift I've always been kind of positive on her and kind of defended her like when the Kanye thing happened I was kind of yeah I wasn't a Taylor Swift fan but I was on the internet at the time and you know all my friends who are like me but slightly more bitter were like ha ha Taylor Swift she look at her and she dumb and I was like no look she writes perfectly fun songs that are empowering to young women and they're not bad songs they're not as complicated as you want them to be but they're perfectly good songs why are you so mad at her and Connie's a jackass so like I'm I'm on her side with this I mean I was saying that at that time and you know still didn't wasn't a fan didn't dive deep with her stuff but I was coming kind of, no she writes perfectly good songs it's not my cup of tea but they're good songs I've always felt that way about Taylor Swift. The one exception to that is uh, Bad Blood. That might be the worst song I've ever heard in my life, and I stand by that. But otherwise, I've always kind of stood behind Taylor Swift, even though I wasn't a fan. And I think I've gone on record saying this before. I picked up Folklore because I liked the look of the cover, and it looked like a different tone for her, and I listened to it, and I just fell in love, and I did a Taylor Swift deep dive, and now I'm a Taylor Swift fan. I don't feel like I'm a big enough fan to call myself a Swifty, but I wouldn't stop you from doing it. That's that's kind of where I am with her. But Midnight's is the first album of hers that I've picked up and just went, yeah, I, I get this one. Like, this is, this is one that I feel like she wrote a little bit with me in mind. And not actually with me in mind, but, you know, with guys, with people like me in mind. I shouldn't say guys like me either, but uh, I think I, I just sort of, I, I identify with this record. Much like uh, when I was talking about the Demi Lovato record earlier, I talked about how personal that one is for Demi Lovato in a way that I can't access. T this is clearly a very personal record for Taylor Swift, but in a way that I can absolutely access because she's talking about her experience of like real everyday problems that we all kind of face and how they impact her. Uh, a couple of weird lyrics on here. I don't know what to do with the line, sometimes I feel like everybody's a sexy baby. Uh, I, the words sexy and baby should just never be next to each other like that. Uh, I, I think I know what she means, uh, but find any other way to say that. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that didn't, uh, didn't care for that line. But otherwise, I really like that song, and then that's the one that everybody's you know singing right now. The hi, it's me, I'm the problem, it's me. That one, that really happy sounding song about being extraordinarily depressed. That uh, <laughs> you know that one. Uh, yeah, I, I just I, I I get that emotion, you know. So like, other than other than not completely understanding why she chose to use the phrase sexy baby, uh, no notes. Fantastic album. Absolutely wonderful album. And it's just, you know, the opening track is called Lavender Haze, and I just feel like you walk into this Lavender Haze that she's describing, and then you just sort of let it wrap around you, and you don't leave it until the album's over. And that's, that's sort of a perfectly constructed album. You know, one weird lyric aside, no notes on that album. Love the album a lot. Really, really love it a lot. She's got 
four different variants to the cover out there. I've only bought one, and I can't believe I haven't bought a whole bunch of them, like all four of them, because I'm that kind of jerk. Uh, but I'm a little bit proud of myself for not, so I think I'm going to stick with that. But I, I really love the album, and uh, I got—I I mean, I got nothing else to say about it. I just—I really love Taylor Swift's "Midnights," and it's at number two on my list, which leads us to number one—the the album of albums for me this year, the one that. I really didn't even have to think about it. When I sat down and started making the list, I just went, okay, well, that that's going to be number one, What and what rounds out the other nine? Uh, and then I realized, well, Taylor and Vetter could really be number one, too. But you know what? My first instinct was for this to be number one, and I'm going to stick with it. And I'm glad I did, because it is number one. It's the album that I've returned to absolutely the most this year. It's uh, a great rockin', you know, driving, pounding, heavy album that also has some really cool light melodies in it and stuff like that. If you haven't guessed it yet, I'm talking about the new album by Coheed and Cambria called Vaxus 2, A Window to the Waking Mind. Wait, no correction, A Window of the Waking Mind. Wait, of the or to the? What is it? Uh, that's my one note to Coheed and Cambria. Album titles anyone can remember, please. Uh, they, they tend to title stuff like, like Vaxus... That's not a word. Uh, a window of the waking mind, it says on the CD face. Uh, I, I just, like, name the album something that's on the cover. Like, name the album, uh, uh, even if you want to keep the Vaxus. Uh, Vaxus 2, Eye Patch Lady. Uh, Vaxus 2, Kid in Front of a Spacesuit. Like, name it something that I can see on the album cover, and maybe I'll remember it a little bit. Or uh, simple words and short titles. Uh, that's my only note on the Coheed album. Otherwise, absolutely love it. It's an absolute banger. I love every track on it. It's my favorite Coheed and Cambria album now, which is saying a lot because I've got a couple albums that that have historically been jostling for that position in my Coheed fandom. This is my favorite Coheed album. It absolutely took the top spot. Got to see them in concert this year, and they did a bunch of songs from it because it's what they're touring behind, and they're great live songs, and and it just made me, like, even seeing that, I'd already dived deep into the album, but that made me dive even deeper into the album Coheed. Really cool metal songs, but with some very cool emotional sweeps and proggy stuff finding its way in, and some nice ballady stuff that happens here and there, and uh, that's just, that's this whole album. It just, it, it runs that full gamut and does it expertly and beautifully. And, uh, it's, I mean, everything the Coheed does is part of a concept piece. It's all one big concept. They're a concept band rather than doing concept albums, but they do it very well in that you don't have to know anything about the concepts to enjoy the songs and get into an album. But like, I'm so into this album. I really want to read the comic books that they're putting out about their whole dumb, stupid sci-fi story that their band is about that I, <laughs> I've never had enough interest to actually read before. I really want to read that stuff now because this album's that great. It makes me want to dive that deep into the band. You know, which other Coheed fans out there are hearing me say that and going, what, you haven't read The Emery Wars? No, sorry, I haven't. I'm, I'm that kind of fan. But uh, I really like the music, you know. And I really, really like this album. It's it's just one of those albums that keeps hitting me the right way. And it gets, you know, some of the songs off it are getting good radio play. Like, I've been out places and heard it, you know, playing. Like, I was on the loop sitting at a restaurant at an outside table, and it was on some radio station coming out of somebody's car. 
and I know it was a radio station because they were setting at that light long enough that I eventually heard the radio announcer. So it's getting radio play, even. And that's, you know, for a band like that, that's huge. You know, that's... That, that's I don't expect to hear that kind of band on the radio, but I'm hearing that band on the radio, you know, and that's awesome. And just a great album. Just a great album. My favorite album of the year. I, I, I'm still going to say hands down, even though that Yvette and the Taylor Swift albums easily could have been up there. Boy, what a weird tonal shift between those three albums, huh? <laughs> Eddie Vedder, Taylor Swift, and Coheed and Cambria. Who knew? But uh, yeah, Coheed gets the top spot. They're my number one. That's my top ten list. I'm not going to do all the album titles, but I'll read the artist. They're, the album that came out this year for that artist, Mark with a C, American Aquarium, Dropkick Murphys, Sloan, Julian Lennon, Wilco, The Pixies, Eddie Vedder, Taylor Swift, and Coheed and Cambria. That is a bananas list and would make a really bananas playlist if I tried to make one. Maybe I'll do that just for fun. That's the top 10, checkmates. I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed bringing it to you. I've fallen so far It's so hard to be yourself When you don't know who you are I'm afraid I've lost my All right, that was good fun for me, and I hope it was for you, too. Uh, there's some stuff I should probably bat clean up on here at the end, but, I mean, you've been listening to me for over an hour now, so I, I don't want to waste too much more of your time, but uh, thank you so much for being here with me for this. Uh, I wanted to mention just some other stuff that I picked up this year that I hadn't been into before, because uh, I just, you know, you do that. You find stuff that, oh, I was meant to check this out, and then you check it out, and you're like, oh, that probably should have been on previous lists. And a few of those for me this year, and I think I talked about all of these on the show, uh, were uh, uh, Chamber Band. I got really into Chamber Band this year. Fantastic band. If you haven't checked them out, please do. I got into the Magnetic Fields, which had always been on my periphery, and I finally dove in and really enjoyed it. Uh, kind of Leonard Cohen-y in a way, although not exactly. Uh, but yeah, Magnetic Fields, fantastic. And their album covers often look like they could be a Wes Anderson movie, so that's kind of cool too. Uh, Sarah Barry Ellis, I got into her stuff this year. I uh, got into James McMurtry this year. I already mentioned that. James McMurtry writes incredible country songs and incredible alt-country songs. And uh, Wow, what a writer. His album from last year really should have been on my list last year had I known about it. Uh, and I also really enjoyed the soundtrack to the movie Yesterday, the, you know, the movie where everybody forgets the Beatles except for the one guy. Uh, I've liked that movie a lot, and I've watched it a couple of times, and I bought the soundtrack to it, and it's a really good soundtrack. I mean, it's Beatles songs, so of course it's a good soundtrack, but it's uh, different takes on the Beatles song. Like, Help is a, is kind of a punk song, and that just works, you know? The, the, a really cool soundtrack. That's stuff that I got into that I didn't talk about. Uh, other than that, I kind of t- touched on most of the stuff I wanted to touch on, I think. Uh, that, just, that just leaves me to say, hey, thank you. We're at the end of the year. We're about to start a whole new year. And I'm, I've never been one for marking New Year's, you know, that significantly. I don't, I don't really care that much. It's just, it's just an, arbitra- an arbitrary turn of a calendar page. We do it 12 times a year. What makes it that much different on this time, you know? Uh, I've just never been a New Year's guy. But I, I do get a little bit wrapped up in 
you know, looking back at this time of year and kind of going, oh, let's take, let's do a quick self-assessment. And looking back on the show this past year, look, there were some real detours. I've got a day job. There have been times where I just haven't done the show, you know? Uh, there have been some real detours, and there's been some hard stuff to get through, and it's been weird a couple of times. It's been, you know, it's it's been a very different, very strange year, and in some ways a very emotional year, but it's also been a really great one. I've really liked what's happened with the show this year. I love that Dave's coming on the show wrestlerly. Wrestlerly? What the, what the hell word was I trying to say? Regularly. <laughs> what, what's happening is while I'm recording this, you there's just a window into uh, my world. While I'm recording this, I'm recording this sitting to where I can also see my TV because wrestling is on. And just in case anything cool happens, I want to see it out of the periphery and go, oh, maybe I'll pause and watch that for a while. Uh, spoiler alert, nothing that cool. Uh, but I think I just, I, I, I put in the word wrestle there instead of regular. Um, I'm glad that Dave is coming on the show regularly. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> that seems like I completely devalued the nice gesture I was making. I'm glad that Dave is coming on the show regularly and we're doing the Fab 15. I have a blast doing those episodes. Uh, they're hard to edit, but I have a blast doing those episodes. Uh, and I really enjoyed interviewing Jim Oosley this past year, and I'd like to do more interview stuff like that. Just have people on the show more often and talk about their interests and their stuff, and, like, I learn things and, and get to have cool conversations with people. Uh, anybody who's on other podcasts or who likes being on podcasts or just personal friends who wants to give this a shot, let me know if you want to come on the show. I'd be glad to have you, and I think people would be glad to hear from you. We could have a lot of fun. Let's have some fun together this next year. Uh, but I, I love having Dave come over and having fun talking about whatever the Fab 15 topic is for that week with him. Uh, I believe it's his turn to pick the next one, by the way. So, Dave, if you're listening to this, pick a Fab 15 topic and come over here and we'll do it. Uh, I, I like doing those, and people seem to be responding well to them. Uh, to that effect, speaking of people responding well, I've gotten some really nice emails from people this year that have meant a lot. I won't go into them, but there have been some really great emails. Uh, I hated doing it, but I also loved the response to the tribute show to my friend John, who passed away last year. I'm actually recording this episode on the one-year anniversary of John's passing, and that, like, kind of hit me a couple of times while I was doing this, because that, that episode was so well responded to, and people were so kind about it, and the emails that I got, and, and the people that shared it, and stuff like that. Really appreciated that. I, I, I hated having to do that, but I also, like, it was... I love what it meant at the same time. You know, that's hard emotions to reconcile, but that that was a good moment for me in a lot of ways and a good moment for the show, and I'm, I'm glad we had that, and thank you for making that one feel special. Uh, and also, I've just gotten emails from the pod host, from the, the from Podbean and, and other other uh, streaming apps and things, just saying, hey, your, uh, your show hit such and such benchmark or hit such and such significant number and uh that's just so cool to see because you know i live alone and i sit here alone in my kitchen at my counter with my cats running around and sometimes it feels like i'm doing the show just for the cats you know so whenever now and again i get something from the the pod you know the the host of the podcast that says hey you've got x amount of downloads great job you know that that really does mean a lot. And I know so many of you who listen to the show are never going to write into it, and you're never going to you know, make yourself known. But uh, please know that 
I appreciate the hell out of you, and I'm so grateful for you. And sometimes I'm grateful that you are silent because some of the people who write in are very unpleasant and they just get ignored. But those of you who wouldn't write in because you're normal, sane people who just like having a good time listening listening to some dork talk about his interests, I really appreciate you, and I'm so grateful for you. I really am. And this has been a great year for numbers. It's been a great year for the show, and I've just I've seen some real rewards and some real growth coming out of it. Uh, absolutely none of which is financial, by the way. Still not making a dime off this thing. No advertisers or anything like that on the show right now. Uh, if there ever are advertisers on it, it's uh, because I love them and would do anything uh, for them, including uh, Kale. That's uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> if anybody wants to advertise on the show, that's the kind of sucking up I'm prepared to do. Uh, yeah, but I, I I've seen some real like personal rewards, some of the rewards that actually count, that, you know, happening on this show in the past year and. Thank you so much, Checkmates. Thank you for letting me do this. Thank you for allowing me into your home or car or earbuds or you know, office or wherever you listen to the show. I really, really appreciate it. I do not take it for granted. And uh, I'm sorry if it ever feels like I do. Um, uh, just thank you. Just thank you for a really great year. And let's make 2023 even better. And uh, uh, I, I just... I'm often overwhelmed thinking about the fact that this show for some reason that I can't explain because I'm just sitting here talking about whatever I want to talk about paying very little attention to my metrics just doing the show how I want to do it and for some reason that reaches people and touches people and that's that's an honor and I'm so grateful for it and I will never take it for granted and thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you and let's do more of it in the upcoming year and I'll try to do more regular episodes (laughs) and not take so many times off Thank you so much, Checkmates. I really, really appreciate you. And because I appreciate you so much, I'm going to end the show with some advice. And it's the same advice I give every time. Please remember that COVID-19 is still out there and continue to take precautions. Please remember that black lives matter. Please remember that LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights, and that I really shouldn't have to tell you any of that. And here's the best advice I can maybe give you. Be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. I'll let you know next week if either Neil Young or Springsteen fucks up the list. 